Today's episode of The Daily Ding is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools, and if you're doing one, 10, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business. We're talking finance, inventory, HR, even customers, and more, all in one place. Over 19,000 companies, they trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. So schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. What do you say about that, about trying to outdo your teammates? I think I don't I do not do drip or money or fashion. I do arts. So me, it's about arts. That's it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Reverse flush and ain't that a smooth one. This is how it goes, and I hope I have no friends. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a frosty. I want Tyler to know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his ass. How dare you? Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We've got everything from the weekend that you need to know to start your week. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Trayvon Edwards again with Rob Lopez dishing out some Oscar awards. But coming up on today's show, we have got trade deadline fallout, some debuts from newly acquired guys, and the Celtics solo win on the road. But first... Big shot, Boyan delivers. In a game in which the game looked like it was already over, Boyan Bogdanovich came through in the Jazz won 114 to 113 in Houston. Right after PJ Tucker hit what looked like it was the game winning three, Boyan Bogdanovich comes off a screen, gets a double team from about 30 feet out, and throws up a prayer, somehow hits it. 1.6 left to play. Ingles trying to get it in, having trouble. Bogdanovich, tough shot, he went in! The Utah Jazz have won it! Bojan Bogdanovic with only his second three-pointer of the game, and it never touched the iron. Uh, just an incredible game for him, uh, finish for him, I should say, after a rough game. He only had eight points on two for seven shooting, but it's fine because everyone's most favorite efficient scorer, Jordan Clarkson, had 30 points in 29 minutes on 12 for 19 shooting for the Jazz. They out-rebounded the Houston Rockets 48 to 36. Trey, take me through your motion, I guess your emotions and like your, your heart rate at the end of this game. Uh, honestly, I was not, I, I pretty much was like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, but I was also ranting for PJ Tucker in a specific situation because obviously, you know, um, this man is playing the five at six foot six and we haven't seen this since probably the nineties. If so, with Charles Barkley or something, garden, big man, but, um, he had hit a big shot and I was just like, yeah, you know, like he deserves his three-year extension instead of just getting his final year picked up. Um, and then all of a sudden we see this broken play because it really wasn't drawn up that way. And he hadn't been shooting that way. And then, you know, Bogdanovich just knocks it down. You know, he ends up, ends the night going two for seven. And, you know, in his post-game interview, he's just pretty much saying that, you know, he he loved that the coaches left him out there because he shouldn't have been out there. He didn't shoot well and that they gave him an opportunity. And that's his second game winner of the season. And 
he cashed it all net. And you can just see in P.J. Tucker's reaction, like, I can't believe this just happened. But he got a good look. And it should have been actually a foul call. So, you know, either way it go, I think, you know, they would win that ball game. Yeah, I mean, unless it's James Harden, you can pretty much punch the guy in the face on the final shot, and they're not going to call it. But he uh, he he made sure that the refs didn't decide it. Uh, speaking of other guys contributing on the team, Donovan Mitchell, he had 24 points on 9 for 23 shooting, 6 times, 5 boards. He had some really nice plays, though, in crunch time. Uh, Mike Conley, he had a really good game, 20 points, also 6 assists, also 5 rebounds, only 2 turnovers for him in 34 minutes. And then Rudy Gobert had 3. Uh, 12 points on six field goal attempts and had 15 rebounds solid performance and then on the other side of the uh, of the court you had Russell Westbrook with another phenomenal game another efficient game 39 points on 18 for 33 shooting uh, six rebounds and four assists while James Harden he had a triple double 28 points 10 assists 10 rebounds but Trey you know Russell Westbrook has had a bit of a metamorphosis here where this old dog is learning new tricks and being efficient yeah, I think more so um, him seeing the game and the game opening up for him and also playing with shooters. He hasn't played with shooters in a while, like consistent shooters as is. And then I think this five out uh, offense benefits him because he gets more room to work in the paint and then also find guys like he made the right play to find P.J. Tucker in the corner. Um, and tonight Utah used in the second half uh, blitzing James Harden and sending a double which allowed uh, Russ to shoot the gaps and make a decision whether it was a quick floater, a quick layup towards the end to beat the defender or make that pass. And I think that's what he's been taking advantage of. Yeah, it's funny how it seems like the new systems are working perfectly for each end of that trade. We'll get the Chris Paul and the Thunder in the next segment. But Russ, he no longer seems like he has to jump from the free throw line every single time. It's like he can actually get into the paint, be patient. He's doing a really good job of changing speeds. You know, his big problem his whole career has always been that he just launches himself at full speed. And we're seeing him play with pace. And he made that he had that great wraparound pass for the assist to PJ Tucker at the end there. That should have been the game winning shot if they weren't for Boyan making such an incredible play. But you know, someone who was kind of loathed watching Russell Westbrook most of his career, I'm finding him to be as fun as ever now to watch. Let's head down to Oklahoma City where the Celtics squeeze out a win 112 to 111 over the Thunder. They actually were going to win by four and then Chris Paul hit a buzzer beater three because Chris Paul was pretty pissed off. Uh, but th this was a pretty phenomenal game. Two, uh, two good playoff teams going at it. Uh, Boston has won seven straight now. What's pretty amazing is that they, they've they won, um, they've I think they've won like you know 13 of their last 14 or something like that now. But the Toronto Raptors are on a 14-game winning streak and they still sit a game and a half behind Toronto despite that so uh, really there were some big implications for playoff seating in this game and still nothing changed uh you know Marcus Smart had a halftime tech for arguing literally got the tech during halftime Celtics come out they start they start kind of running over OKC but OKC manages to come back in the fourth quarter they get it all the way down to a one possession game Shea Gilgis Alexander who was having a tremendous game he's bringing it down the floor at the end and then Marcus Smart just rips the ball away from him to end it 
another Marcus Smart winning play. That's his fifth uh, fifth game ending either block, steal, or rebound this season. Uh, the Celtics they shot sixteen for thirty six from three point range, forty four percent. Their best performance on high volume this year. Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum at twenty seven points and twenty six points respectively. Tatum went off in the third. He had twelve points and five for seven shooting in the third. While Kemba was kind of ice cold for most of this game, but was getting to the line and then he had a couple big threes late uh jalen brown he had 17 points was playing really well but then he uh re-sprained both of his ankles and uh was barely walking out of the locker room we'll get to that in a bit gordon hayward he had 13 points and 10 rebounds daniel tice in his return to action had 13 points and 11 rebounds and then meanwhile on the thunder side danilo gallinari shea gilgis alexander chris paul and dennis Schroeder all had 24 24 22 and 22 points respectively very balanced performance uh, from OKC, you know, Trey, this was a really interesting battle where it's you have you know two teams where they have four go-to offensive players that all came through in this game, uh, and the Celtics end up squeezing it out. But what, what do you think of the Celtics at this point as a team? You know, trying to kind of jump into that level of contender. Didn't make any moves at the deadline, but they continue to win big. Well, it seemed like they were trying to put their hat in with the Marvin Williams pickup, and obviously Milwaukee snagged them. But um, outside of that, like, I mean, I liked this team, you know, originally once, you know, they got the ball rolling and, you know, obviously, you know, they have to stay healthy, but they're a pretty good team, you know, and they're better off than they were last year. But again, Kimber Walker's a better leader than Kyrie Kyrie Irving and that's not a knock towards Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is a very good offensive basketball player but Kimball Walker fits well with these young guys and then other guys are buying in so it wasn't like an ego stroke thing because he's able to mesh well and they're really a team and you know looking down the line they're going to be a dangerous team to see in the playoffs especially like in the second round um, just depending on who they match up with. But they're definitely going to take some teams to the six to seven games. And they have depth. And, you know, like these guys with a lot of guys being out, those, you know, in order to win ball games, you have to have a bench that's battle-tested and having guys to step in on a next-man-up mentality. And I think Boston has that. It's funny you say that because Boston, they have, you know, they have Ennis Cantor and they have Marcus Smart, who are, you know, two very experienced playoff veterans. Then you have Brad Wanamaker, Grant Williams, and uh, right now, Romeo Langford, uh, but sometimes Shemi Ojale is the other guy there. So not a ton of, I mean, Ojale does have some good playoff experience, especially guarding Giannis, where he provides a lot of value. But there's not a lot of offensive experience, for sure. There's definitely some defensive versatility but Boston is a team that tends to run out 10 11 guys a lot of the time and they're going to have to really consolidate that rotation and we saw this game really felt like a playoff game and that it was basically a nine-man rotation on both sides and it seemed like that the two teams were kind of you know taking advantage of each other's mismatches a lot of the stuff you see in the playoffs a lot you know each team was able to figure out who had the hot hand and go to them so it's a very well balanced performance overall all right, let's head down to Buyout City. We got plenty of news there today. Marvin Williams, he's signing with the Bucks after being let go by the Hornets. As Trey mentioned earlier, Kemba Walker put the hard press on him, uh, but it did not work, and he's not going to Boston. 
But it looks like Michael K. Gilchrist is going to be available according to ESPN. So, hey, there's another uh, former Hornets wing for them to pursue. Also, according to ESPN, Sunder waving guard Tyler Johnson. He's expected to get some interest. He's currently dealing, dealing with a knee injury. So we'll see if he's going to be available in the near future. Uh, the Timberwolves are discussing a buyout for Evan Turner, according to our own John Krasinski. Uh, that's I can, I can probably guarantee you that's going to get done. Uh, Wayne Ellington is reportedly going to ask the Knicks for a buyout, according to a report from the New York Post. Uh, Wayne Ellington has kind of been like that consummate 3 and D guy that everybody's been trying to pick up the last few years, but he's having a rough shooting year. So it'll be interesting to see how valued he is on the market. And then the most important one of all, Deion Waiters, he got waived. And ESPN reports that he will talk to the Lakers now that Darren Collison has decided he's going to stay retired. So that is going to be really interesting to see if Deion Waiters, of all people, fills the vacant Nick Young role on the Lakers. Uh, but so getting back to Collison, he had been considering a midseason return to the NBA with one of the two LA teams. It's something he had been weighing going all the way back to October, but he's decided to remain retired. And that's after he went to a Laker game, sat courtside with Jeannie Buss, and they put him on the Jumbotron. And basically, the fans begged him to come join the team, but he still decided to remain retired. So, hey, kudos to him. And, you know, someone uh, told me earlier today, you know, making the first 40 million, that's when you'll do whatever it takes. After 40 million, not really sure you're too incentivized anymore. So uh, I'd, I wish I could know what that is like. But Trey, I don't know if you've made 40 million in your career so far, but I'm wondering, are you shocked by this Collison news? And really, does any of this even matter? Does this move the needle at all in the championship race? It doesn't matter because obviously it was media driven. And just because he came to watch some basketball doesn't mean that he was going to come back and play for the Lakers. He never verbally said it. Oh, but come on. I mean, the timing, the circumstance, all of that, that that's that's not just a media creation yeah i mean but you know obviously he still has to check in with his family and i think his wife just wasn't ready for him to make that decision and i think she makes all the calls um <laughs> but again i'm not i can't really speak for him and his decision that's a lot of pressure coming in to uh playing for the lakers um i know he had just bought a home in orange county and you know it definitely would have played a factor of him playing you know whether with the Clippers or the Lakers, he just, you know, probably gave it some thought and, and really wasn't ready to make that decision. Okay, so no Darren Collison, but there's these other buyout guys. You know, Marvin Williams going to the Bucks. That's a really interesting one. Um, although, frankly, it doesn't seem like it helps that much just because they're already so stacked. But is is there one of these guys or one of these potential linkups that are being reported that you think will actually move the needle? I'm interested to see what uh, MKG does with Dallas. I mean, you know, he's a defensive guy. He never really stuck with offense. But um, Marvin Williams can play, um, you know, not not a high points per game, but he's shooting 37% from the three. Um, could steal some minutes from Ilyasova, but then also an active body. You know, they let go Dragon Bender, so it wasn't too much of a loss. And he could potentially come in and play some big minutes when motivated. It reminds me of the, you know, the trade for Trevor Reza 
where, you know, all of a sudden it's a lost cause. And now you got a guy that's motivated because he's actually playing meaningful basketball. And we saw Ariza putting up numbers for Portland uh, in this game or on Sunday night. But you're right. I'm really excited to see what Williams does. And I hope that they're able to give him the minutes that he should get because he's just such a versatile defender, such a savvy player. And you're right. He's shooting 37 percent. And frankly, he was shooting 37 percent on the Hornets. I'm pretty sure playing in the system with Giannis is going to be shooting even better from the field. Let's get to the rest of Sunday's games. The Hawks beat the Knicks 140 to 135 in double overtime in Hotlanta. Clint Capella did not play. He's dealing with this heel issue and new Knicks wingman Mo Harkless. He was out sick. Capella is expected to debut after the all-star break, but this game snaps the Knicks four game winning streak, which I cannot believe I just read that sentence out loud. New York led by 15 in the second quarter, and then they trailed by 16 in the fourth quarter and somehow managed to rally it back. They went to OT and they had an eight point lead in overtime. But Trey Young, Trey, talk about Trey. He had 48 points and 13 assists in this one. I mean, he is an all star for a reason. I mean, just because his team is bad doesn't mean that he doesn't deliver. And he, you know, had an opportunity. The crazy thing about it was, um, you know, Knicks had a chance to put him away. Trey Young misses a floater, goes to overtime. Uh, a lot of hero ball going on. The Knicks had a chance to go, you know, win five in a row, which would have earned them a banner in the in the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> um, but again, those guys don't know how to win meaningful basketball games. Too much one on one ball. And it cost him in the long run, and the Hawks capitalized off of it. All right. Well, John Collins had 32 points and 16 rebounds. I love the symmetry of that line. Uh, Kevin Herter, 16 points, six assists. DeAndre Hunter at 19 points and nine rebounds and five steals. Julius Randle, the empty stats king, he had 35 points and 18 rebounds. Reggie Bullock had 21 points on five for 10 deep shooting. And Wayne Ellington, the guy who I just said can't shoot, he had 15 points on five for nine shooting off the bench. And Mitchell Robinson, he had 15 and 11 coming off of the bench as well. Heading down to Washington, the Grizzlies, they beat the Wizards 106 to 99. Jordan Bell and Gorgie Jang did not make their debuts in this one for Memphis. They closed the game, though. Memphis did on a 22 to 8 run after trailing most of the second half. Washington's lead was as high as 12 early in the game, but then they shot four for 26 from the field in the fourth quarter. This is a high volume game, though. I can't believe the score considering that both teams had over a hundred shot attempts and the wizards the wizards had less points and they had shot attempts which is like as bad as humanly possible as you could play ironic because they've been a great offensive team and a terrible defensive team but yeah the wizards are one of the weirdest organizations in the league but john Morant, he had 27 points 10 rebounds 10 assists give him his first career triple double kyle anderson he had 16 and 5 jaron jackson jr he had 14 points and 11 rebounds over on washington side bradley beal he had 26 points mo wagner had 19 and 9 davis Burton still a wizard 15 points six rebounds and jerome robinson made his debut for washington heading up to philadelphia the 76ers they beat the bulls 118 to 111 the sixers are now at nba best 24 and 2 at home i'm pretty sure they're 2 and 24 on the road uh, alec burks and glenn robinson the third they're now sixers burks did not play but glenn robinson had 10 points playing for the sixers joel mb 28 points 12 rebounds five dimes four blocks three steals he did it all in this one not too far from a five by five ben simmons he had 19 points 10 rebounds 10 assists 
assists and four steals. Triple doubles starting to look casual for him. And then you got to be freaking kidding me. Korkmaz at 31 points and five boards off of the bench. He shot 12 for 17 from the field and six or 11 from three. That is his second straight 30 point game for a guy that was basically about to just kind of walk away from the NBA. He comes back, turns into a vital uh six man i guess for that team or you know, rotation guy for that team two straight 30 point games for him uh tobias harris he only had 14 points but on the other side zach levine had 32 points and eight dimes luke cornett still starting he had 25 points and cristiano felicio still playing he had 13 points and seven rebounds off of the bench a pretty remarkable redemption story for someone who was fading out of the league and Felicio uh, heading out to Cleveland. The Clippers won by 41 points, 133 to 92. It doesn't look like that Andre Drummond trade is going to make too big of a difference for Cleveland. Uh, there was no Kawhi Leonard or Patrick Beverly, but the Clippers still led wire to wire. They led by as much as 45 points in the fourth quarter. This is the 12th straight loss for Cleveland. They've lost 13 of their last 14, and this is their worst home loss in the history of of that franchise. Andre Drummond in his debut, he had 19 points, 14 rebounds, four turnovers in 29 minutes, and he hit two three-pointers for the first time in his whole career. There was also one play where I think he had like five tip-ins or something like that that missed every single time. Uh, so that wasn't very pretty, but hey, Andre Drummond's going to do what Andre Drummond does. Uh, Marcus Morris, he made his debut with the Clippers. He played 22 minutes. He had 10 points, four rebounds, and three steals from Mook. That was a surprise there. Uh, Lou Will had 25 points, Paul George 22 points, and Montrez Harrell coming off the bench had 19 points in nine rebounds. And then on the other side for Cleveland, Kevin Porter Jr., the future J.R. Smith had 17 points in four rebounds. But let's talk about the big game here. The Blazers, they beat the Heat at home 115 to 109 they rebound from that controversial ending where they got robbed of a win where dame lillard didn't get the goaltend call and frankly the foul call that he should have gotten after rudy gobert he ended up smacking the ball after he hit the glass but they get their redemption they win the next game but for this game for miami andre iguodala jay crowder they make their debuts jay crowder had 18 and 11 off of the bench Iguodala he played 23 minutes he only had two points had six boards coming off of the bench but what was the big thing that you noticed out of him Trey uh toughness toughness and I think when they're when they get a healthy squad they're going to have a a nice defensive front and guys to get after it so uh, I'm excited I said they still competed down to the finish without Jimmy but uh, yeah, this team is going to add a lot. Yeah, they're going to be scary with all the length and shooting that they have. They have pretty much everything you want around two stars to be a contender. We'll see if they can really do the heavy lifting to get there. But so Dame Lillard, he had 33 points and eight assists. He shot six for 15 from deep. Trevor Ariza, as we mentioned before, he had a good game, 21 points for him. Gary Trent Jr. at 22 coming off of the bench. He shot five for seven from deep. And then for Miami, Goran Dragic, he had 27 points and seven assists. Duncan Robinson, talking about shooting he also went six for 15 from three he had 19 points and bama Debayo had 13 points 12 rebounds and seven dimes for the big man 
Let's get to the line of the weekend. We had some fascinating ones here. Trey Young had 48 points and 13 assists in a win over the Knicks Sunday. On Saturday, Karis LeVert, he had 37 points and four assists and three rebounds. Uh, Saturday, also, Jamal Murray for Denver, he had 36 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Uh, but let's talk about Dame Lillard, Trey. I mean, Dame has been on this like historic tear the last few weeks. That Utah game, he got robbed of those two or, I think, three points that he should have had at the end there. But would you say line of the weekend goes to him for that 42.6 rebound, six assist performance? Uh, I wouldn't be mad if it did go to him. Um, but sure. I mean, yeah, he's been playing. He's been playing amazing this entire month and should have been player of the month. He was robbed. I still can't believe. Yeah. How, how did he not win player of the month? That's insane. He was going on this like all time great scoring run. I, I don't know how that happens, but other guys to get a shout out. Kelly Uber. He had 39 points and nine rebounds and a win over Houston Friday. And I'm just excited to read this one out loud. Furkan Korkmaz, 34 points, six rebounds and four assists and a win over Memphis on Friday. And then Sunday, 31 points, five rebounds and three steals. Unbelievable weekend for Korkmaz. But that is going to do it for today's show. So so don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like Back to Back. We've got No Dunks, Tampering, and House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. So don't forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price. You get 40% off of your subscription today by going to theathletic.com slash dings. You never know when these promos end, so get there soon. And of course, as always, I want to thank you for waking up with us, but I want to thank Trey for saying what he's about to say right now. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.